All right, everybody, welcome to Roll Film, the season finale of Roll Film, the last podcast of 2022. Thank you guys so much for joining us here today. As always, I am joined by two teen heartthrobs that aged very poorly, Greg and Jason. How are you guys doing today? Better than you, it sounds. Yeah. Sorry you got bronchitis, buddy. It'll get you'll get past it. You just need a penicillin shot in the butt. Yeah, I just need a YouTube video that tells me it gets better. Now, yeah, and wear a condom next time. On my mouth? Yeah. Yep. I mean, Be- obviously. Where else yeah, do you wear condoms? I'm not a doctor, so I'll trust They you. go back in like the throat. <laughs> That's what they're for, right? Uh, yeah, you inhale on. them. <laughs> and then yeah. it's like, there you go. This yeah. is super gross. I know. I'm kind of turned on though, I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, you guys, look what I had to represent. You know, we had a multiverse movie, so I had to wear my Spider-Verse Multiverse of Madness shirt. I thought it, it was going to work out. Nobody can see this but you guys, so I wore it for only you two. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm honored, I guess, you know. Greg, what, what is this movie that we're doing here? This is your your deal. You, yeah. you get the the – honestly, this is, in my opinion, the hardest movie that we've ever had to define. And this is a great way to go out of season one. Just really aim for the fences. I was very excited to finally watch this movie because I wanted to watch it when I first saw the trailer for its release. Hadn't. And then all three of us watched it in one week. <laughs> so, like recently this week, I mean. Yeah, What's guys. It called? What's it called? You're on that. Movie... No one knows what it's called. I mean, they clicked on the episode. They probably know. They have to know yeah, if they clicked the on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Good. We'll cut the last three and a half minutes out. Yeah, thank you guys. We are doing this amazing movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once. This was released in 2022. It is rated R and it has a runtime of two hours and 19 minutes. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure in which she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives that she could have led. Okay. Now, this stars shall... I'm going to fuck up all of these names. Stars a myriad of Asian actors, and I think that that's what does this movie so well. You know, if this followed a, an Irish immigrant family, this wouldn't be as good of a movie, I don't think. Um, so it would have just been a lot harder to understand some of the dialogue, but this is more notably He He Kwan's first major film in 20 years. Two decades of not being in a, a, a movie like to have a comeback like this in uh, one of the highest rated movies of the year, unbelievable. Not unlike when he started his career with Indiana Jones, which could have been the biggest thing that he could have fathomed to come across his table, right? As a as however old he was in that, maybe 12. I was floored with the, how good this movie was and... You know, you see different actors throughout the entire movie, like Jamie Lee Curtis and Jenny Slate. And it really is a multiversal movie. If you thought Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was good, if you thought, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was good, this movie is a multiverse wet dream. It's that damn good, I think. Yeah, I wondered if this one was originally called multiverse of madness and then they saw the trailer for dr strange like oh we have to change the title now because madness it was and it was it was a welcome madness it was certainly creative and fun and wow it just it did really well i think her name is michelle yo i want to say that's how you pronounce it i believe so 
I yeah, it, it's it's looks like it's spelled like that. Uh, sorry, before we go into anything further, the the estimated budget for the movie was twenty five million dollars, which I think is ridiculously low with the, all the special effects and visual effects that they do. But whatever. Opening weekend, it only made uh, five hundred thousand dollars, which is insane to me. But worldwide gross were all up to over one hundred million dollars so uh this movie has done very well and uh it continues to do well i don't know if it's won any awards currently but i know it premiered first at south by southwest and it was received very very well i know like when i try to say these actors names the bronchitis makes me sound even whiter whiter um, or whiter you pick <laughs> choose you your own adventure bro but for real yeah they the actors hit out of the park what a comeback you know, short round, Goonies, and then he's like, I'll take a break, and then, bam, I'm just back in the best movies. He's just going to never have a bad movie on his list ever. Really good. So far. So far, yeah. I mean, if he ever receives a script, I sent him. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, yeah, I, I really think this movie, I, I had seen trailers. I was worried, like, it'd be too weird. And it was really weird, and they really leaned into the weird, and that kind of gave it a certain beauty almost. And I loved it. I love the weird. I embraced the weird. It's like me finally learning to love my own son. You got to embrace the weird. And, yeah. You know. So I, I really like that aspect of it. Jamie Lee Curtis was one of the best parts of it too. How she kind of embraced the weird and went method. With I don't mean I don't know if she went full meth on on set, but just the way, like I I don't want to give too much away describing this movie, but just the way I, I honestly think that there's no way that we can move forward. Like if if anybody's listening to this and hasn't seen the movie, you should probably watch the movie before you talk we talk about it because in order to really talk about this, we have to kind of fuck it up. Like we have to kind of tell what happened because. That is what makes it so incredible is the different things that happen that you never see coming. You know I what I mean? Yeah. yeah, we have to go full force into this, especially with the season ender for us. And, you know, this movie, like Jason said, is just bizarro. And how the hell can you talk about this movie with being vague and enticing people to watch it? So, yeah. guys, please watch this movie create a fake showtime account and <laughs> and watch it like us three <laughs> noobs did my and account we is paid quite for, real it's real account we paid for our account authentically yeah, I, obviously. I definitely paid i paid for nothing <laughs> you paid in memories and friendship john paid and we are embracing it okay and we appreciate it john you guys are worth it it was on sale that's so sweet yeah, I agree, Jason. We do need to, to fully talk about this. So basically, this woman realizes that there's a multiverse of all these different versions of her that always branch off because of a choice in her life. So anytime she made a choice in her life, the opposite choice branched off and started a new universe. And she's now learning that she can access the abilities of those persons of herself in order to fight this person who essentially is a multiverse god like think of scarlet witch in multiverse of madness times a million like way more above that and 
they believe they being this group of multiverse travelers and, and people who know about the multiverse believe that she is the key to defeating this person. And that's why they contact her in this universe where she's for lack of a better term, kind of a loser, made some bad choices, a complainer, not very brave. And you get to see that character growth. And what's cool about the character growth is she gets to access the abilities and the, the emotions and the memories of these people who are her in different timelines. I don't even want to say timelines, different universes. And then she gets to kind of grow from exposing herself to that. So that was really cool. And how they explain it, you know, they, they do a decent job of sticking to the science. Now, I didn't watch it with a fine comb, be like, oh, mistake, mistake, whatever. But it seemed to all match very well. I did call up Neil deGrasse Tyson on this one. As a matter of fact, just uh, to get that's why the line was busy. I tried calling him yeah. too. So just for the podcast, I was like, you know what? Hey, I just call him up. And so I was like, Hey, Neil. And he said, <laughs> he said, yeah, it's a solid, it's a solid representation. Holy solid. Yeah. It's, 100%. I thought it was a documentary. Yeah. It's he, he thought it was at first. There's a lot to love about this movie and not really a lot to complain about. The fight scenes are really well done. The humor that's sprinkled everywhere is really funny. You know, she comes from like kung fu films. She was also a Bond girl. She's uh, Crouching Tiger. Yeah, Crouching. You know, Super Cop. You know, yeah, she's right. She's and she was in Crazy Rich Asians, which was ironic because they showed her at the premiere of that because one of her personhoods was a movie star, which I really liked. But I like philosophical movies like this that ask a question: Is life meaningful when the power choice is meaningless? And that was kind of what the quote-unquote villain was arguing, like, choice doesn't matter. None of these multiverses really matter because it's it's nothing. It all amounts to nothing. And I really like movies like that, that that ask that question. And spoiler alert, you know, the villain who takes over is her daughter in the movie. And I think that was a really cool twist because those are the kind of questions that kids ask their parents, like, what's the meaning of life? What, what does this matter? Why, why, you know, that's just the question. And in the end, the mom was able to answer that. And I thought that was a really cool picture of parenthood. So it just, it encapsulates so much and is really cool to watch. I, I just, I love movies like this. It was very matrixy vibe with the way that you were describing it. You know, she is able to download basically once she figures out that she can access all the multiverses at one time. It's exactly the the scene at one point when Neo learns Kung Fu. Like when she learns Kung Fu, obviously it's different, but it, it plays off so well. And actually the, I, the interview I listened to today, she, they, she was told during the, the, Kung Fu, the Kung Fu scene with Jamie Lee Curtis is that her face was wrong. So she was asked, acting so intensely because she has such a huge background with Kung Fu and martial arts and everything she was then directed to pretend as if you're not understanding how you're doing it. So that's why they get, you see her in the movie with this kind of like, holy shit, I can do this. Like what the fuck? Like, and I thought that was a very cool detail. And this movie very much so has a fuck ton of detail scattered all the way through it. Like when she goes and is, is rushed into the janitor's closet at the IRS the janitor, the room number for the janitor's closet was 1099. 
1099 tax form. Like that's fucking cool. Um, like the whole, the sprinkling of the hot dog fingers thinking as if it's just a fucking joke of a whole time until we get to the end of the movie and we see it like, this is by far the best movie I've ever seen about an everything bagel and the best movie I think I've ever seen with the baddest ass fanny pack fight scene in history of fight scenes. Like Jackie Chan, I don't even think has kicked somebody's ass with the fanny pack. So, and of um, course that had to be data Goonies from Goonies. Yeah. It was like a booby trap. I was like, yeah, I think you still got it. And yeah, he picks up that aquarium gravel and oh, that was so bad. And weighs in the fanny pack. And, you know, I didn't mean to say Jackie Chan right away to segue into it, but this script was actually written for Jackie Chan. If you guys didn't know or read anything into the movie, they came to him with the film and he, with Michelle also in mind. So the movie would have been flipped on its head a little where it's Waymond, you know, Short Round's character is the one that's accessing the multiverse for the first time but jackie chan turned it down michelle was still on board so then they flipped the script and put it in michelle to do it and then hired in data and obviously that worked so fucking well and they even wrote it to the point where in the movie the character Evelyn was actually supposed to be named Michelle or Michelle was like, no, 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 no. Like, that's a terrible idea. It's not about me. It's about this character Evelyn and accessing the longest way possible to understand empathy, you know, (laughs) and and like breaking that generational cycle of shaming the new generation, I guess is, you know, what I'm trying to say, but I'm sorry, Jason, what, how, you know, go a little bit more into the movie of how you felt about it. So first off, one of the things that I found very interesting about this movie is it's produced by Anthony and Joe Russo, right? And it's a very multiversal movie. They previously worked on a show called Community with Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon went on to create Rick and Morty. This particular movie, 100%, is a kind of a redo of Interdimensional Cable from the first season of Rick and Morty. Is essentially the very much the same exact formula that interdimensional cable has while instead of only giving the parents in that episode uh rick and rick's yeah beth and jerry they get to see their other lives in this they're able to access them slightly differently and i found it kind of interesting as well that there was like the movie star plot line the all of these different things that were kind of parallel to that, I found crazy interesting. I'm not saying that it's a ripoff by any means, but there's a lot of similarities between that first interdimensional cable episode from season one and this movie. The directors and the writers, the Daniels, which I don't think we mentioned, Daniel Schweinart, sorry, and, and Dan Kwan as known as the Daniels. But they had already seen, obviously, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And you bring up the Russos, and obviously we all know who the Russos are. But they turned off Rick and Morty. Because apparently they started watching that episode and they turned it off because they didn't want to intentionally go into any similarities on purpose. So if there's any similarities that... Because I'm not a big Rick and Morty fan. I've seen almost every episode, but it's... I think Futurama is the better show. They just wanted to be original, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Sorry. It's a lot more close than it is far away, in my opinion. 
I don't have you seen the episode, John? Yeah, yeah, it's one of the better episodes. I think it's very similar to that episode. I think in general, the way it operates is very similar as well. I just think the whole idea of the multiverse is so hot right now, for lack of a better term. Like everyone is talking about the multiverse. And, you know, it's been around in comics and pop culture forever. But I think in recent years, it's just some people think it's real. You know, even that episode of Community where they're, you know, that they got the dice and right. they're, they're all the different mm-hmm. outcomes. I mean, that's and I think you can argue that that is probably an early version of that same sort of an idea. You know what I mean? You know, the Russos and Harmon were both involved in that. So you can't fault them at all for making similar projects later clear it's clear that they are like-minded individuals in some aspect but they didn't write this right they just produced this. they just produced it no, but i'm not saying it doesn't have any creative aspect obviously it does but right. I do it has just a lot of money going through that they throw into it for sure right right and i can't expect them to not put out put some aspect of themselves in it as producers simply because it's their part of the reason why it makes money is on their name as well because you can advertise and you know the russo brothers produce this movie as a reason for people to go see it the same way they do like tim burton with the nightmare before christmas and he wrote a poem he didn't even write the the script they're still like it's tim burton even though he didn't do a whole lot <laughs> the, the hands-on shit Right. He didn't even direct it. No, he did. Yeah, no. Yeah. That that what a great documentary that was to I love that one. If that's the one you're talking about, Jason, with the movies that made us. Is that the one that it was? But mm. anyway, way to way to fucking call out Tim Burton and not having any fucking <laughs> influence at all. So I guess we can ask the question to kind of get real meta. Do you guys believe in the multiverse? I do. Sure. I don't see why I couldn't. I just don't know what evidence we have for its existence. I think there's actually, if I'm not mistaken, there is a an, an actual Neil deGrasse Tyson talk on this that I've seen parts of recently that was pretty interesting. That I feel like he had, he was like, there's a possibility for certain things that could be counted as evidence. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I, I could be just making that shit up in my own head. But who knows? It could have been literally somebody else. Maybe it's two Rogan. in a different universe. It was the, yeah. Could, could have been fucking Joe Rogan. Yeah, talk. could have been Joe Rogan. One hundred percent. Who knows? Like I don't know. It's an interesting theory for sure. It's, I just feel like it was some dude. Like I bet someone out there who's me is having a way better time right now. You know, I was just like I don't, I don't. It's some pissed off guy, but I have heard there is evidence. I haven't really done I the reading theory and fantasy, if you will is less to do with I'm sure that somebody else is doing this and more to do with like personal regret and wondering what ifs, you know what I mean? Like, well, what would have happened had I done this a little differently? And it it begins to be like more of like a butterfly effect kind of thing. And then how would those things, those individual choices have influenced who I became later on in life? I think it's easy to look at small instances in our own lives and say, okay, well, this influenced me into liking this thing or influenced me into because I took this class in high school, I learned about a thing and now I'm very passionate about this. So I think we can all kind of trace little instances of our own selves to those things. And so I think that curiosity of, okay, well, what would have happened had I not made that choice? 
that's more along the lines of why it's such a fascinating thing. I think because nowadays we're presented with way more choices than anybody else in history has ever been presented with. At any given point in time, we have access to call every person on the planet almost. Nobody before could do that type of shit. You know what I mean? So there's in a a true infinite number of decisions that we can make at any point in time. And then thinking about how those decisions affect our day-to-day lives and make our outcomes different. Cause like, like personally last year I was in the worst place I've ever been in my life. I was just down and out. And now here I am a year later and I can reflect on that and say that I am in the best place that I've ever been in my life. And I did that in one year. If you would have told me last year that, Hey, a year from now, you're going to be in a much better place than you are. I would have said that's fantastic, but how? You know what I mean? So it's like what choices that I made got me here. I think that's what the interesting thing is about these multiverse movies because like she made the choice to not get in to the car and then she became a movie star. She did make the choice to get in the car and go away from her dad and then she became this. So it's like, okay, well, what choices did I make in my life that led me here and how different would it been if I didn't make those choices? And ladies and gentlemen, this has been Stoner Thoughts here on Roll Film. <laughs> Next week, we'll bring back the tasting of the McRib in its final form. No, that was great, Jason. I, I think that was a really good description of multiverse theory and also just really what applied to the movie. And I think the movie does do a really good job of asking the question, what if? You know, we can't in real life know the what ifs. We just were left to wonder and... The movie kind of shows here's this person who can access the what ifs and the abilities that came from that. And what's even crazier is the villain. Her rationale is I can literally go from universe to universe. I can access anything I want on the dime and therefore nothing matters. And I thought that was a really interesting and very villainous take to, to have. And like you said, it was the empathy that the mom finally learned and her own personal growth that was able to kind of overcome that nihilistic viewpoint. It's funny that in all all reality, the villain in this show is exactly Rick from Rick and Morty. The only difference is, is even though he believes that nothing is, nothing matters, he's not trying to ruin the world. He's trying to take advantage of the fact that nothing matters and just do whatever the fuck he wants to have a good time. So Greg, what was your favorite scene? Probably the hallway scene after the elevator opens. I just thought the quick accessing of all the different multiverses that she did at that one point to fight all of those security guards was great. And if not that, then it has to be the fanny pack scene because that was just so damn good and flawless. And and he really did all of that because he has been a choreographer for a long time. And yeah, that was so fucking cool. John, what about you? Mine was also a fight scene, but it was that fight scene with the kind of worshipers of the the bad guy. And they were like fighting Evelyn's so hard to get the foreign object up their ass. The butt plug trophies. The butt plug oh so good. If you that was so like- funny and it was it was just awesome because you know it's really good choreography, but the whole time you're like, these guys are just fighting to get something shoved up their ass. And then they were able to access it. And that was a cool little feature, too. Like, you have to do something weird. 
to access to increase the probability you can access this multiverse person's abilities and the fact that they were fighting with these objects in their ass and like the secret to just pull it out took away the abilities it was really funny really well done but also action-packed and then there was like that slow motion of the guy just running in the air and just grabbing his legs oh my god so funny that couldn't have been funnier and on they're listed credited as alpha jumper trophy and alpha the other guy's alpha jumper bigger trophy love so, it that's perfect <laughs> i would love to have that on my imdb page that's wonderful yeah jason what about you buddy i man it's it's a tough one between that's the two scenes with the the two fight scenes there are fantastic the trophy scene it, the cannonball into the the thing up your ass is one of the craziest things I have ever seen on film. Like, I cannot think of another thing that I've ever seen that is more crazy than a dude out of nowhere, just flying, leap, hold, tuck, ass, cheek, spread, boom. Like, that was so fucking funny. But then the, the, the fanny pack fight scene, He's also badass as fuck. And it really comes down to that once, like where he grabs the gravel. It up until that point, you're like, oh, he's beating the fuck out of him. And then he grabs the gravel and you're like, damn, he just got shit just got a little serious now. <laughs> shit got <laughs> a little bit more serious. And then I I don't know, man. Those those two scenes are just both phenomenal. So I don't know which one is better, but they're both great. For sure. The guy that we've not also mentioned, he's such an old he was 90. Uh, filming this movie is James Hong. So many different movies. I know him probably more than anything is Cassandra's dad from Wayne's World. <laughs> you come from my approval. <laughs> but dude, his fucking his chair at one point, and it's got the coffee maker in homage to the DeLorean and Back to the Future 2. And then it totally like Voltrons out as this like mech device. Like that was so fucking funny. I love that. Everybody in it, I thought, did a fantastic job. I'm glad when I was reading through that they almost casted Aquafina to be the daughter. And I would have fucking hated it because I cannot stand her. And she ruined Shang-Chi, in my opinion. So I'm so glad that they went with who they did, which is Stephanie Shu. She did a good job, I thought. Greg never misses a chance to just spread hate. And I hate her. She's not funny. She's Dude. so funny. You're ridiculous. Nope. Maybe in a different universe, you guys would agree on this. Maybe in a different universe, she would be funny, too. Maybe. All right. Greg, what are you rating this movie? Uh, hard 9 out of 10. I guess I would go a 9 out of 10, too. I was thinking about a 10, but I'm like, I don't know. I maybe didn't hit everything all everywhere all at once for me. <laughs> uh, but I did think that it was one of the best movies of 2022 and a great way to end this season of role film. Jason, what do you rate this movie? I try to rate based on how well they execute what they try to set out to do. I don't know of any way that they could have done a better job of that. I, I can't, for the life of me, think of how they could have made it any better. Everybody's acting was superb. The script, every I mean, it was just, it was just great. Despite the fact that I felt like it had a lot of similarities with Rick and Morty, I still loved it. So to me, I think I'd have to give this one a 10. Well, there you have it, guys. Our first season of Roll Film. And maybe in a different universe, you guys would actually enjoy listening to us. But even if you don't enjoy listening to us, I am thankful that you gave us a shot. And be on the lookout for season two coming out at a podcast near you. Yeah, at an app near you. At an app near you 
on your phone, probably on your phone. Yeah, all of them. I have all the apps on my phone. Everyone. Be on the lookout for some new socials. Thank you guys so much for a fun first season. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in the universe where I said no to doing this. So it was a lot of fun, guys. And I look forward to the next season. I look forward to seeing this journey continue in season two. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I'm excited for me to get off my lazy ass and start our social medias. So uh, if you don't, I'm going to come over and Kung Fu you. Yeah, that's fine. I probably need it. Um, I have some days off coming up soon. Um, No, not the weekend, but so I'll work on them then. And we'll be up and ready for for the next year. And we're going to bring brand new stuff, obviously, to you. We're not going to review the same things that we just did. But now that we're out of the seasons of the holidays, we'll be able to bring you more just in general movies, not necessarily anything categorized towards the season of which we're in. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And from all of us at Roll Film, have a happy new year, and we will see you in season two.